So named because of where we find ourselves right now, which is um, if we list everything off a worldwide pandemic, um, everyone is pretty much stuck inside right now. Uh, what else do we have? Locust plagues in Africa, um, radioactive forest in Chernobyl, um, the economy is pretty much collapsing. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Kim Jong-un is maybe dead, maybe not dead. We're not sure yet. I don't know how that would be apocalyptic. I mean, you know, it's a subplot. Okay. Um, anyway, there, there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the world. Um, and in and amongst all of that, we're still trying to navigate uh, things like relationships. You know, people have made jokes about the divorce rate skyrocketing after people are allowed out of lockdown. Um, and out into the streets again uh, and so we're just here chatting about some of the things that we chat about um, as a couple and trying to navigate this relationship um, and how do you how to do relationships well um, so that's what we'll be t discussing on this this podcast um, anything to add Alan? Mm, I think that sums it up pretty well <laughs> yep um, so we're diving straight into it with a, a meaty topic. Um, yeah, Alan's looking uh, very excited, very as you can see. Heavy um, topic for the well, first episode, you know. I, I protested. <laughs> However, um, you know, we're, we're just going to jump right into it, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, so jumping right into blackness, colorism, issues of race and different cultures in a in a relationship rather and how we how we navigate those problems. So we'll we'll chat a bit about our backstories, where Alan comes from, where I come from, and then how uh, those different backgrounds have created mm, ish points of tension at times in our relationship, but things that we've needed to discuss together and chat about and work through. Um, so do you want me to start? Do you want to start? Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. Yep. Um, so I am uh, mixed race, which is what I would call myself. I grew up in south africa my dad was a white british man my mom is a black ugandan woman um and we moved to south africa a few years after the first democratic election um for those i'm pretty sure everyone knows but south africa had pretty much the most um extensive most well organized system of racial segregation probably in history so all of the races were separated into their categories um there was black there was white uh, there was colored which was a for is a population made out of um cape malay slaves and mixing of a lot of races um, and then you also had indians i believe um, but every group was separated into different living areas um you know black people right at the bottom which is where they have been in a lot of uh, a lot of countries who use 
racial or prejudicial systems to separate races um, and even though you know after 1994 everything was a democracy everybody was um, allowed to do whatever they wanted to do those those racial separations were still very evident um, so growing up in my town at least for the first few years um, we were the only mixed family uh, growing up in East London which is where we lived um, so I didn't see very many people who looked like me or my siblings um, and you know people used to ask us growing up uh, hey what are you um, you know or you're so, you know say things like you're so exotic looking um, and I didn't really know what to say when they asked me what I was I told them that well my dad was British my mom was Ugandan um, and so we used to call ourselves British Ugandan, but we, uh, you know, on forms where it would ask you to tick a box. So are you black, white, colored, Indian, Asian, or other? Um, I would always tick other because, uh, we knew we weren't white, uh, or at least me and my siblings. Um, I knew I wasn't white, um, because I, you know, obviously wasn't white, um, I knew I wasn't black because I didn't fit into that uh, that group in South Africa. Um, I wasn't coloured because coloured is a population in and of itself, a whole cultural group. Um, so my definition of race or who I was uh, can pretty much be summarised by, uh, by other. Um, and that's what I view myself as um yeah but i mean you have a different upbringing right oh i'm just black from america yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty much the end of that story <laughs> <laughs> um but i did have, so like when you say that you didn't fit into the black category in south africa is that because black people uh from like zulu or also, also. That's yeah. Right. yeah. Um, don't accept people who are only like half black. Well, mm, I mean, whatever I the yeah. Group of black people are in South Africa. I mean, there's black people, but then you know, South Africa has so many different um, tribes. Um, so you know, you Zulu, Xhosa, um, Sotho. Venda, there are a lot of different groups within black in South Africa um, and I wasn't I wasn't part of any of those maybe if my mom had been Zulu um, I could have claimed that yeah hey I'm Zulu but because my mom was Ugandan like both my parents were foreigners living in South Africa they didn't actually have any ties to the place um, so any uh, any origin or a claim that I had came from other countries mm -hmm. so I wasn't South African black mm -hmm. um, yeah well when you go to Uganda then are you seen as black because your mom is like Ugandan like black um no, in a word, um, even, uh, so when we, we visited Uganda a couple of years ago, um, 
and my sister and I were quite uh, lighter skinned, I suppose. Um, and we, we'd be kind of going around with my cousins who are Ugandan and like fully black. Um, and you know, there'd be kids uh, running after us, um, just chanting Mzungu, 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 which basically means white person. Mm. So even in um, my own, my, my mom's country at least, um, yeah, I'm accepted there, my family's there, and they all love us, but I'm still not black there. Yeah. Mm. If that answers the question. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you grew up being black, obviously. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting because I know that apartheid, at least I think, if I'm not mistaken, like the system of apartheid actually borrowed a lot from the United States in order to to like set up their their way to segregate people. Yeah. Um, but the United States, as far as race, blackness, and whiteness goes, um, if it's is, uh, I don't know if this is the right way to put it, but kind of black seems like a throwaway category. So if you're if you're mixed with um, if you're black and white if you have a parent or even a grandparent who's black um, then you're not considered white I would say. does that make sense I don't know you'd be considered more black than you are white yeah um, so so it's interesting yeah. to see that there are black people. Uh, who would say like, oh, well, you, you're not black if you have black in you. Yeah. Is it, I'm trying to like, is, um, is it, are you not seen as black because of, um, because of the fact that you have whiteness in your blood? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. I'm, I'm kind of tired. <laughs> so, <laughs> these questions might not be um totally coherent but but yeah i mean in a nutshell yeah i'm not pure black mm -hmm. um again growing up in south africa i think that's probably shaped my racial perspective a lot is having grown up in south africa mm -hmm. um everybody in apartheid was categorized into races very specifically they used to have loads of tests to determine whether you fell into like a black or a colored category you know for example if they stuck a pin in your hair mm. and it stuck you were black but if it fell out um like maybe if your hair was a bit wavier um and maybe your skin was a bit lighter but you were still black they would classify you as colored and now Mm. Kids from the same family would be, say, split from parents because they were classified as different races. Um, so any, uh, basically anything that wasn't, mm, mm, what am I trying to say? Because there's white in me, I cannot be black. And that's determined from the black people, um, say like in Uganda. Or where wherever your mom where your mom is from, and I mean, they're I saying, think, yeah. "Listen, blackness. This is what blackness is." Mm. 
and the white, you're, you having a white parent means that you don't qualify. I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time in Uganda, so I'm, you know, I don't, not really sure of what, um, what classifies as what. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know my mom, she grew up in a very international environment in Uganda, um, and went to school with people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And according to her, I've had conversations with her. She says she didn't really see race. Um, mm -hmm. So they didn't anticipate the identity issues that we as kids would face growing up in South Africa um, because race just wasn't a thing, an issue for mm -hmm. my mom, um, my mom and my dad. Yeah, so I guess I can share a little bit about blackness and from my perspective, uh, blackness is a weird thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I grew up, and my mom, obviously black because I'm black, <laughs> um, just taught me and my sister to, to love our blackness, just to, to appreciate it and to be, um, um, to revel in it. Revel, is that a word? That's a word. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I grew up having a, a a pretty good understanding of what blackness is, but I'm not 100% sure what blackness is anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, um, I've had white people tell me they're blacker than me. Yeah, mm -hmm. growing up in high school, I've had Mexicans tell me they're, they're blacker than me for somehow, if that were even fucking possible. Yeah. Can we curse them? We're gonna curse them. <laughs> we curse them. You can bleep it out later. Okay. Um, but uh, I think that some people nowadays think of blackness and they think of just like hip hop, or um, which is great. That's part of blackness. I love, you know, uh, our music is definitely a part of. Uh, our identity of our culture, but I'm not. I'm just. I don't know. No blackness is. Mm. But <laughs> you would call yourself black. I'm, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm black. But yeah. so before you met me, you'd look at me, and what would you call me? I would. Before you met me. Before. And we had all of these conversations. Well. It's been a mixture of a few things that have, I would have said you were black because, uh, again, the whole like, and, it, and for, for better or for worse, black being this kind of like throwaway category where anyone with any drop, drop of blackness uh, is automatically like brought into the fold for, again, better or worse. Um, but I, I realize like a lot of people who have some blackness um, like a black parent and a white parent or a black parent and a Hispanic parent, a black parent and an Indian parent don't necessarily want to be um, considered or classified as black. They want to be, or it's, it's mixed or I'm not, what was, what was, uh, what was Tiger Woods? Cavaclation? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, is that a word? Cavac so Anyways, so I'm trying to respect the people who have some blackness in their genealogy, genealogy again, mm -hmm. okay. Um, but don't want to be classified exclusively by the blackness that's in there. 
I, you know, because I think, again, like, race being, like, just loving my blackness, it's, it's, it's like, oh, you don't want to be black. You have the black mom, <laughs> or you have the black dad. But, so, so, yeah, I'm, 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 I would call you mixed now. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I would have called you black. Uh, just, uh, mm. just a year ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So in America, got tricked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but in America, I'd be black. You'd be. I don't know. I don't know. Again, <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know. I think people would call you mixed. Okay. Um. So what makes a person part of the black population in the USA then? Mm, no idea. No idea anymore. <laughs> Honestly, no idea. Well, black again. I think blackness is like a plug and play idea at this like this time in in our history in our history. Whatever. Like anybody can be black. Rachel Dolezal is black. Um, the Mexican people are black. Um, yeah, everybody who wants who listens to hip hop is is somehow black. So no idea. Cannot define it for for um, for people. It's whatever it's whatever people want it to be. <laughs> Black is whatever people want it to apparently, be. Apparently, apparently. Well, what is it to you then? Uh, for me, blackness is like for the the. I get a lot of pride. Um, because I consider I consider like people who are black in America. I can't speak for other black populations but for me my blackness is um like alchemy like um like being this this uncanny ability to to turn some of the worst situations into like really beautiful beautiful um things like our music um was from my understanding i'm sure someone correct me if, if I'm wrong but like slaves um, singing fields right to make the time go by um, if you were to turn it like if you were to imagine like a situation with slavery and then, and then like the worst form of slavery where people are chanting to like lift their spirits and then that moment kind of like evolving through time into like platinum records or and, and, and a culture hip-hop or jazz or whatever that's spread across the entire world like if you look at the the beginning of it as um this really horrible situation that then turned into beautiful music all like that everybody likes i go i'm in we're in japan um and i'll go into stores and i'll hear like american black american art like hip-hop artists obviously yeah. um it's it's so like this ability to turn terrible things into beautiful things even soul food what is um were like parts of uh animals that they that uh people who own the plantations didn't want so they were kind of like the throwaways and it, and soul food i think started with that with that situation or like so basically the ability to turn 
terribleness into goodness, like alchemy, literal alchemy, mm. is an ability that I see in my people, and that's an ability that I uh, that makes me proud to be black. Mm. Uh, my history, my um, where I am today, and where my ancestors were. Mm. Um, what was the question? That was, that was it. That was the question. Yeah. <laughs> but so then meeting me and you said you at least when you met me, um, you would have labeled me as black. If you viewed me as black, mm -hmm. um, then did you expect me to do things a certain way or to think a certain way? And where were you surprised when I didn't? Do you have any examples of, of that? I can't think of anything at the moment. I mean, well, mm, I think we've had conversations where, well, like the vaccination conversation. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, just to <laughs> clarify. I, I, I do have a uh, fear of being vaccinated by a government that used to, like, test syphilis on black people, you know what I mean? So, so... For me, it's like, oh, well, I don't know what's, I don't trust you to give me the right vaccination. Yeah. Not that I'm against the vaccination concept. Yeah. I just don't, I don't trust the government to implement it when they've misabused that trust for black people in the past. Mm. So, so yeah, that's, yes. Because the conversation we had about that, you know, I was like, there's no ways our kids are not getting vaccinated. Um, and you were i mean are very passionate and rightly so about what has historically happened to black people um but did but. you in that moment did you feel like i just wasn't understanding your point of view or not caring you know this is really important because um because again i saw you as black mm. so there's some things that i expect yeah, thank you. Expectations. Um, black people to understand. Period. Like, you know, I don't trust government to to um, to do that. I'm, I'm not gonna trust the my the the well-being of my children to people who have abused that trust or um, uh, yeah, screwed screwed us over in the past. So, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah. And you expected me to, to feel understand. the same way. I expected you to, to to like kind of instinctively understand like okay, mm -hmm. that's that's a dangerous. It's kind of dangerous to to trust these people with this. Mm. But you. And that's, and again, like there have been some things like oh, throughout our relationship where I'm like, oh, Jeebo isn't black. Um, because I don't know, or at least like, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough too, because you're also not American. Yeah. Um, so it could be that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, factors that could uh, weigh in, not weigh in, I can't speak English, uh, <laughs> that play a part in, mm -hmm. yeah, in that. So that I feel like this is an interview from Alina. <laughs> <laughs> so those situations 
would you say that then that those um, instances, I suppose, of you going, oh, a G-boy isn't black, led to you not seeing me as black now and seeing me as, what, mixed? Well, I feel like you've said that, though. You mm. verbally said, I'm not black, or I don't yeah. feel black. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. So why don't we talk about you though? Um, how is uh, me being black um, and loving my blackness? How is that? Because I think you said you never, you didn't think that you would ever be with someone who was black, or you didn't expect that you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I expected to be with someone who was like my dad um which I suppose is what a lot of girls imagine um so yeah if I pictured in my head um who I would marry one day it was someone who looked like my dad white tall with dark hair and you know with some um of the same personality traits I suppose or values um a a lot of which you do share um but, you know, the, obviously the skin colour is different. Um, but there are a lot of things that uh, about you that do remind me um, of my dad. Mm. Um, but what, what was the question? That was it, yeah. Um, if you had ever expected to marry someone who's, who's uh, black. And then what about like the... Because you've told me about the differences between um like your father's side of the family and your mother's side of the family then so like how how has that been like navigating um uh, essentially a family that's split by race so like your your dad's side and your mom's side the differences and and how has your mom's or your father's side uh taken to um you know him marrying a black woman and how is your mom's side taken to her marrying a white man Mm. um well i do again i haven't really seen a lot of either side of the family because they were in uganda or the uk and we grew up in south africa um, and maybe we've seen them a handful of times Um, i do know that my uh, grandmother on my dad's side had a hard time accepting that my mom was black um and there was uh, there was quite a lot of tension i think my grandmother in general is a very difficult person so even anything not to do it's everything's difficult um basically uh and my my dad's side of the family i don't know maybe it's also a western versus african culture thing but is very a bit more independent, more isolated, um, quieter, less communal, whereas my mom's side of the family, um, you know, there's still, you know, two of my aunts still live at home with my parents, um, you know, my cousins are also there, there's a lot of people in the house, it's very welcoming, very warm, um, you know, you'll, it's not like you have to call and be like, hey, can I come over? Mm. Um, you just show up and they're like, hey, yeah, it's bed on the floor. We can we can make this work. You know, we're in my dad's side of the family. 
don't go over without calling my grandmother first um she might have a heart attack and even if you do call the answer will probably be no um so <laughs> but i don't know if that's just that's just the personality i suppose my dad was very um very not that um my dad was my mom's side of the family in spirit like always very happy and welcoming um and that's the well that's the cultural the, the values um like valuing that is how i grew up valuing family especially family connection in our um in our immediate family i suppose it's been a bit difficult to um just keep up to date or follow up with everyone because we're just all over the globe mm. um but i think our the definition of family that i have and whatever we grew up thinking was formed by more the immediate family and the culture we grew up in in south africa because um, we didn't see the other sides of the family a lot um my um Culture-wise, you know, I remember uh, going to Uganda and coming back with traditional Ugandan dresses, which we thought were really cool, and they didn't end up wearing because we were scared people were going to look at us um, weirdly, and we wanted to fit in. Um, but I think we didn't grow up learning like a lot about either side of our family or either side of the culture or heritage like we knew stories I mean you know grandparents were but I don't think it was you know in like your mom instilled black pride and you like to be proud yeah. about your blackness but I think uh, the, yeah I don't think I necessarily had that we just grew up in a you know race doesn't matter um, mm. you know we're <laughs> Like, you shouldn't judge anyone by your race, and we're kind of all, um, you know, you're, you're special, and there wasn't, like, a pride in a specific culture or a specific race or anything. Um, yeah. That's something that scares me, because I, I can't raise my children to be this amorphous, uh, like, you're not black, you're not, you know what I mean, because it doesn't really makes sense it's not it's not very safe either coming from the environment that i was grown, grew, grew up in which is like when you leave the door you you have to understand the weight that your blackness carries yeah you know you can't just be like oh well, I, I'm, I transcend race oh. don't say it like that and you know and i also like wonder too um if it comes from shame of blackness that at least from your mom's side, and I'm sorry, Mrs. Cole, if you watch this, but <laughs> is it is it like a, a shame associated with blackness, and therefore you don't pass that on to your child? Um, because there's so much, or at least from my upbringing, there's so much to be proud of, so much to be happy and and uh, you know want to share. So, and it's not like Uganda is short on tradition. Yeah. But do you think that it was so important because it was something that you lost and that was taken from you? 
we're the same my mom's side where you know she speaks luganda she tried to teach my brother and started teaching us but that didn't really pan out where um you know they they have held on to their their language and their traditions and their dress it's not um it's kind of taken for granted i suppose it's not like we need to pass this down to our children um no i don't think that's the case because um yeah even though slavery uh erased our language and and whatever culture we had prior to prior to slavery see what i did there uh, <laughs> but um uh no because there's so much to be proud of from after that so yeah. many figures that we have to be proud of so many like events so much that we've like gained and fought for so um no i don't think it's a, it's like a survival thing mm. like oh we need to pass this down da, da, da. Mm. because um yeah mm. yeah i don't think it's, it comes from uh, from that but you were saying that you don't want our kids to grow up in this amorphous environment mm. no they can't because it's not safe yeah um yeah and then not only that like why would i why would i like not share with them all of this up until this point do you know what i mean so like for your mom's uh your mom's situation for instance like your family came from ugandan chiefs correct Oh, yeah, my grandfather's yeah. father was a chief, yeah. Yeah, so like, imagine, you know, there's all this greatness, and then one person is like, I even though, because like, your, your, your grandfather has like, multiple kids and all that, um, but there's one person that's like, oh, I don't think I'll pass on this, this heritage, or I won't teach my children about this, this, um, our history. And so, like the all the everything before, before <laughs> your mom essentially is then erased. You don't speak Luganda. No. Um, Lulu speaks Luganda. Yeah, I mean Lulu, my older sister. But she grew up in Uganda. But she was born there. Yeah, so, um, so like to, it's just weird. Like, I don't understand what the motivation. I don't think it was a conscious erasing of anything. I mean, my mom told us about, you know, who our great grandfather was and he had 56 kids and we're from the grasshopper clan. And, you know, we all have um, Lugandan names. Um, so things were passed down, but it, it wasn't, it was just in, it was just information. I suppose mm. it wasn't like you you know this is where you come from you need to be really proud of it but it was my mom telling us where we came from <laughs> um yeah it was just there's less of a an energy about it mm. so i don't think anything was i don't think it was shame about blackness that mm. that stopped um I don't know, us receiving anything from my mom with regards to black culture. I just think she's also a very chilled person. And again, to them, you know, we were taught about, you know, who our ancestors were and what our grandparents went through. Um, but yeah, it just, it wasn't, um, yeah, basically there was no shame mm. trying to stop us from learning that. 
Um, yeah. But also race wasn't an important thing yeah, for them. Just, and I'm, I really, I kind of want to understand. So growing up in, a, in South Africa, a country that had apartheid, yeah. where race is um, essentially everything. Yeah. It's a caste system, kind of, essentially. Like, where white people are here, everyone else figured out. Yeah. You guys are down there somewhere. Um, so, in a system, growing up in a society that is all about race, to then at home be told that race is not important, it seems like, you understand, like, it seems like it could be mm -hmm. confusing. Well, again, I think they didn't. To them, race didn't matter. They didn't want to perpetuate the importance of racial categories, I suppose, especially um, in the home. I mean, maybe it was naive of them. They thought, hey, yes, South Africa's a democracy now. There won't be any problems with race. We're all just one big rainbow nation. Um, and our kids can be the embodiment of that. <laughs> but, you know, and I think... Yeah, my mom, she did say she didn't anticipate all of the issues, like I said earlier, the issues of identity that we've had, that we'd have regarding race. Um, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And maybe because, you know, my mom's black, my dad's was white, they always fit into um, a category, I suppose. They didn't know what, uh, how a mixed kid would what like how we'd fit in growing up because they'd never experienced it so to them it wasn't they they already fit in their class their classes or their classifications mm -hmm. so that it, it wasn't something to think about they thought maybe it would be easy or clear for us to mm. but i mean that's you know not being allowed to claim to be black or white has basically made me view myself as mixed race and something other than all of these other categories yeah um and you i'm sorry but you're getting to that point where you're like okay well i'm not why why would you say like are you saying that i'm not black because the black people in this this area are not accepting me as black right like in south africa even in yeah. uganda it just seems like and i'm, I'm gonna stop beating this dead horse after this but it seems like they could have been done more done in the home had race been a topic had race been a discussion to prepare you for that do you know what i mean like okay so um we're in south africa which is made up of different tribes just when it comes to black people right yeah and these people are probably not going to see you as black even though me your mom i have the same complexion as some of these people, most yes. of these people, um, you know, like a simple discussion like that to prepare you, not just for what's going on inside of your home, because, you know, the, the family is just a single cell and it's large mm -hmm. thing we call like a nation or a country or a community. Um, but yet here in home, this is what we think, but outside of home, you know, there may be people who see you see it differently. Yeah, and I think, you know, that probably, but they yeah. just, they didn't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we had to figure this all out yeah. by ourselves and decide by ourselves um, where we fit in yeah. or what we were. And I, I hate <laughs> to say this, but I wonder if it's because your father was white 
that perhaps there, that no one thought to prepare you for the outside world when it comes to how they'll see you racially. Because I don't think that black people in America at least have that privilege yeah. to, to not prepare their children for, um, you know, how the outside world will see their blackness. Like, you can't have a toy gun. I understand Billy's got one. You can't, you can't do it. Yeah. Yes, just say yes, sir, no, sir. I understand the cop is being an asshole to you, but just, just make it home. You know what I mean? Like, I need to, that kind of, those kind of conversations when it comes to, like, race and uh, identity and how um, the society at large will see you um, can't be skipped. But I think that's also to do with culture, too. like the, the culture in which you grow up in. I mean, in America, black or the minority, right? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, even in South Africa, where white, where the apartheid government ruled the white government, it's still black majority. Yeah. Like most of the population is black. Um, and maybe the, it it just means, well, it's different. Yeah, in America... You can't be a black boy kid and have a toy gun. Um, in South Africa, you probably can. Um, but th there's not the same like danger attached to certain things or certain scenarios. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So there's no like situations where um, having to be aware of like racist or let's just call it what a white supremacist yeah of um, course there are where like being in a situation and being black just yeah. your blackness alone is dangerous in south africa even though i understand mm -hmm. the majority but like yeah. as far as power goes it's still a system of like or was a system of white supremacy probably still is to some extent yeah. um so, I mean, I don't think the police violence specifically against black people yeah. is like what it is in the States. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, um, you know, people will get nervous if they see a group of young black boys walking down the street and it won't be the same if it's a young group of white boys. Um, you know, white privilege is a real thing everywhere. Um, you know, and South Africa does have the system of black economic empowerment, trying to give positions of leadership and just positions in companies um, to black people or people of color. Um, so, I mean, I think in the workplace, it's quite real. Um, I think just non-white, non-white populations in South Africa have suffered from a lack of education, which mm -hmm. means they just don't have the opportunities that the white people, the you know, other white people do um, mm -hmm. but you know that's a whole different conversation too um, and these conversations about like white supremacy and the history of um, white supremacists around the world when we talk we've had conversations in the past about like apartheid and how that system was uh, came to be and and um, and whatnot, and I think there have been some situations where you felt offended um, mm -hmm. when speaking on uh, on on that because you feel as though you have to defend uh, whiteness. No, I don't think. I I think I get offended with comments that seem to me to blanket white people in a bad light. 
um, or in a racist light or a negative light, you know, I acknowledge that a lot of a lot of damage has been done by white colonialists. That colonial colonialists colonialists Colonial. colonialists. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that people are still suffering from mm. now, yeah. but because. Yeah you know my my dad doesn't my dad wasn't like that um and he was very you know his heart he had a, a passion for um uh, people in poor socioeconomic environments and wanting to you know build people up um education that's where he worked really he was an economic consultant wanting to equip people with the skills that they need to get further in life um but uh, my dad, I don't associate basically racism with my dad or what the white population has historically done with my dad. So I think sometimes I get a bit, I might get a bit offended because it seems as if the attack is on my dad mm. being white. Yeah. But when he wasn't like that. Right, but... Um... Is it fair to say that your father benefited from a lot of the uh, atrocities the black people faced? Probably, yeah. Right. Um, so, does, does that hurt you to know that? Or does it like, does it make you get emotion? Does it, does it bring up any kind of emotion? No, because I think that's a fact. And I think a fact that he acknowledged that mm -hmm. he, he did you know benefit from white privilege yeah um so i don't think that gets me emotional i think what gets me emotional is attaching um the more emotional aspects i suppose the hate and the racism and maltreatment to um you know saying you know white people do this like well it's not all white people because my dad didn't do that you know so i think that's when i feel a bit um, attacked, I suppose, and feel like it's because I view myself as a mixed race when we have those conversations. Um, I feel like it's also uh, an attack on half of me because, and I feel kind of guilty for then being half white because mm. of all of that stuff. Mm. Yeah. And then, um, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to ask you a question okay. because you, I mean, you grew up being proud to have your beautiful black skin um, and proud of your culture. Um, and, you know, even one of your friends said it the other day, um, uh, you, like, you thought that you would marry someone who was black, yeah. like black, black, like you. Um, so... Blacker than you. <laughs> so did it feel like a betrayal or a disappointment to marry someone who wasn't black and maybe who you thought classified as black but now you don't see her as black? Mm. Does it feel like a, a betrayal of what you're so passionate about or betrayal to your values? Well, I'm not like, mm, again, yeah, I guess it's, I did see you as black um because even my family isn't like i think my mom's father is half black 
to my grandfather. I never met it, unfortunately. Okay. Never got to meet any of my grandfathers. Half white, half black? Half black. Half and then the other half is white. Oh. I think, I'm pretty yeah. sure. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I, I think, like, there's a lot of people um, who don't like their blackness and try to escape it. Uh, through marrying outside of the race and there's nothing wrong with marrying outside of your race but it, it, using that as a means to escape um, blackness instead of just dealing with whatever internal issues you, you may or may not have um, I think there's something that you know might be wrong with that yeah um, and so I, I had to like like look inside and make sure that I'm not I haven't or I'm not dealing with any internalized self-hatred mm -hmm. that a lot of black people are um have to deal with you know because of America just <laughs> <laughs> America <laughs> just you know our history yeah. in the United States and make sure that me being with you isn't a reflection of my own self-hatred or my, my internalized, like on some some deep level, like, I'm like, yeah, I like I love my blackness, but somewhere down, deep down inside, there's like a part of me that's just like, I hate, I hate niggas. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, just making sure that I'm not like, um, you are not the, um, what's the word? the expression of that hatred yeah yeah like the like oh i chose someone who doesn't look like me or who doesn't look like all the the people that i proclaim i, I, I love um yeah and so i think that that made me um I, just like going back and forth trying to figure out if, if indeed uh that was part of the decision to marry someone who's uh, half black, half white. Um, that has been something that was that's weighed hev heavily on my mind, and um, I don't think it is. Though. I don't yeah. think that um, um, that I decided to be with you for that reason. I excuse me. Uh, wasn't sure if I would end up with someone black though, just because I haven't spent a lot of time around black people. Mm. Uh, after, after I left the states, and then after, um, and after my mom passed, really, my mom, we lived in the, I'm from St. Louis, and we lived in uh, the hood, so I was constantly surrounded by black people growing up. Um, but then after my mom passed away, uh, my father took me. Tell <laughs> the story, um, and my father didn't really live around black people. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you just love me. Yep. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> because there's been a whole lot of talk recently about colorism and, uh, at least in the States, and the picture of the black family where it's always, you know, the dark man and then the woman's either yeah. half white yeah. or light or skinned. And that's... Yeah kind of seen as the ideal um do you feel any way about us looking like we're building into that or subscribing uh, to that i mean we don't live in america so yeah. like 
I think a lot of people who um, who may do that may be doing it not even necessarily, some one of the reasons may not be for them personally, it may be just to like show off to other, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, like to like other black people or as like a, um, kind of like as a, as a trinket almost, like look what I got. Mm. I, I don't know. Um, but we, we live in Japan, um, for now. For now, yeah. <laughs> I've lived in Japan for over 10 years. So for me, it's not like, oh, I'm showing off to, you know, I, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, we've talked about, you know, some of the, the challenges and points of tension that we've dealt with. Um, how... How are we, or how are have we dealt, like fi fixed those problems, or how are we dealing with those issues or points of tension in terms of practical things that we do? Because you know, it's not just you know black and mixed, but it's becoming more and more common for. Um, you know, you you see a whole lot more mixed relationships than um, you know than you used to. So there are people from different cultures and different races in any and every kind of combination. You know, and maybe the the issues won't always be about blackness, but it'll be about some something else, some other cultural difference. How how do we navigate those differences while keeping a healthy relationship um, and still growing together rather than letting those differences separate us. Mm. Mm. I'm trying to think of a situation where race has been an issue. I really, I think for me personally, it's, I need to, um, manage my, uh, expectations of you and your understanding of what I would personally consider blackness. Mm. Yes. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I realized too, like, blackness blackness black culture or the culture of black peoples is different in the united states than it is for other communities outside of the united states yeah and so also just like even even then having like another layer of management of the expectations of like i like what we were talking about a minute ago of um vaccination and understanding like the fear behind that I think that maybe like me coming from my community, there are just some innate things that are built into me mm. that I just automatically kind of like understand. Mm. And then also being raised in the hood mm -hmm. is, you know, a whole nother layer, even though I've been removed from the hood for a while. Cause I know my brother watched this and be like, you've been in the hood in a long time. But yeah, just managing those expectations and knowing um, and being patient, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
So. What about you, but you can't escape this question. <laughs> <laughs> I think listening is important um, because when you expect someone to think the same way you do, you don't listen to them. Or when they say something contrary, um, you know, you may get angry or upset because it doesn't fit in with what you expect them to say or what you expect them to believe. Um, so I think listening, like really listening to what they have to say um, and trying to see things from, from their point of view. Um, you know, we've often had conversations uh, where, you know, you or I've said, I, I can't see what you're seeing. Like, I don't understand why you would look at it this way. I'm clearly looking at it mm -hmm. from this point of view. And you have to understand that, you know, there are times when you're going to look at a subject the same way and there are times when you're not. Um, and uh, you need to listen to the other person's point of view put yourself in their shoes to just to try to understand where they're coming from um, even if you can't completely I think trying to understand where they're coming from is an important step in being able to discuss things um, I know that I am quite sensitive I'm quite easily offended and take things personally um, so I'm trying not to do that. So instead of taking things as an attack on me, I try to to be a bit more objective about things, um, to allow us to discuss certain things rather than me getting upset and then shutting up because I feel like you're attacking me. Um, yeah, because I don't think it, I don't think it's healthy to feel like you're not able to say things in a relationship. Um, because secrecy, uh, yeah, secrecy kind of destroys intimacy. Um, so creating an environment where you listen to one another and you both feel like you're able to say things and at least have the other person try to understand where you're coming from is the first step. Well, one of the first steps in sorting out the issues that cultural differences or racial differences may create. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I think. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're still trying. Um, I don't think you ever get there, do you? Get where? Is, is there like a there to get where you suddenly um, are able to you know, have civil conversations about everything and you don't argue and it's so. easy. I think there's there's people there are people who who can do that. It's a, definitely a skill. And it's harder for some people. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might be one of those people. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because I you know, I'm one of those people who just feels like I'm right all the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm mostly right. I'm mostly right. And so I feel like I'm just, you know, waiting around for other people to get on my level, understand. So that's what not to do. <laughs> um, so maybe one of those points should be uh, getting rid of pride. Um, mm. No, but that's, <laughs> thank you for saying that because there's a, this is not tied into what I just said a minute ago, but like humility, I don't think most people understand what humility is.
What is humility? I think most people think humility is just downing yourself. Like, there's some people who, they could be the most amazing pianist ever. And they'll be like, eh, no, I'm terrible. That's not humility. No. Humility is understanding that, for me at least, that there's always more to learn. Yeah. Always being open and accepting to, and willing to learn. Mm. Like being, it's, you know, I'm, I can learn something at all times. Mm. For me, that's that's what I think of when I think of humility. It's not like disregarding the, the progress that you've made. Mm. It has nothing to do with race now, but, <laughs> but disregarding the progress and the skills that you do have. But, um, yeah. I mean, it kind of ties in, because if you think you know everything, then you're not going to seek your spouse's or your partner's point of view. Yeah. So, there we go. Be be <laughs> humble. Um, be humble in your relationship. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, that's. You want any, anything to add on blackness, colorism, um, race? No, I don't think so. Yep. Okay, so then that is it for uh, our our episode on blackness, colorism, and race. Um, sure that this will pop its into another uh, podcast Probably. at some point it'll, it'll come up again yep but we will be back again next week for another topic but in the meantime subscribe so you know when our next episode is dropping do people say that dropping uh, no is that old yeah, no, yep <laughs> <laughs> and we will finish up there thank you uh, and see you next week wait you can no? get us on um Apple Podcasts, Apple you can get us on Spotify, Spotify YouTube, YouTube, Google, um, Google yeah. Google, where basically wherever you normally download your podcast, you should be able to download this if you search Love in the Apocalypse, that's with an L-U-V, yeah. Love in the Apocalypse, you can find us on Instagram too, but subscribe and we will be seeing you guys next week.